Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Creator Talks. Happy Labor Day. It is Monday, September the 4th, as I release this episode. Hopefully, you have a break. You have some time off for this Labor Day holiday. After all, that's the point of Labor Day. If not, I hope you do find some time to rest and relax and give this podcast a listen to take you back to those days of carefree youth. I'm talking about Amazing Age from Alterna Comics, the five-issue limited series Written by Matthew David Smith, art by Jeremy Massey, and colors by Christine Brunson. And my guest this episode is writer Matthew David Smith. We start off a bit talking about Heroes Con in Charlotte, North Carolina. We were both there this year but didn't have a chance to connect, and now we finally have a chance to talk about his book, Amazing Age, and about how it all came about from his childhood imagination, and a whole bunch of other things we discuss in this fun-filled conversation. And of course, we get to my questions about rest and relaxation, his island book, and his beverage of choice. Were you a fan of the Silver Age of Comics? How about the Bronze Age of Comics in the 70s, or the Copper Age in the early 80s? Well, this book taps into that spirit. It's fun. It's all ages. Something you will enjoy reading as an adult. Doesn't talk down to you. And also something that you can read to your kids. We talk about this, and I just found out that the second issue is going into a second printing. These $1.50 comic books are selling like hotcakes. So let's get on with my conversation with Matthew David Smith and learn all about himself and Amazing Age. Here now on Creator Talks. Welcome to Creator Talks. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, you were at Heroes Con, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I go every year. Yeah. I love that show. I'm sorry I missed you. I was there too. That was my first year going there. Oh, yeah, man. That How'd you like it? I loved it. I am so glad I took the trip because um, I've been to cons like Baltimore and that's coming up and I'll be there this year, but I'd never been to Heroes Con. I heard so many good things about it and uh, some of my former uh, comic book friends from Word of the Nerd, who I used to work with, were down there too. So I definitely wanted to go and see them and everybody else that I had interviewed or wanted to interview and see them in person because a lot of people from the West Coast come to that one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it spans all over. I know people from, you know, Canada and, you know, Portland, um, you know, uh, Arizona, you know, everywhere that come out to that show because it's, it, it's just become so huge. It's, I, was, I was reading something about it not too long ago and it's, it's somewhere in the top 10 of the the largest comic conventions in the in the u.s now i think it's like number six or seven and it's uh i mean i can say out of all the cons that i do this is the one that's still purely comics you know i mean there's not you know an overabundance of of media guests or you know you know wrestlers or you know <laughs> uh crafts people or whatever it's 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 all you know unapologetically comics you know <laughs> absolutely no i i can see why it would be in the top like 10 because baltimore similar they tend to have a few more media guests but i really liked just how it was heavily focused on the creators and had some great panels um you know i had a chance to see roy thomas while i was there and listen to him speak and Jim Shooter, and it was really a lot of fun, and it was so well run too. That was the nice thing about it, and it was so convenient to fly to for me, because uh, I'm in Delaware, so I had to fly in, and the hotel was right across the street, which was great. Oh yeah, they they have like a few um, different host hotels that are all within walking distance of the convention center, and and uh, you know the funny thing is that everybody talks about how well run the show is, and and they they've been doing it for so long, they just have it like a well oiled machine, really, because. Uh, it's really just put on by the people who own the 
heroes aren't a hard to find store there in town. And I mean, they have a lot of volunteers that help out, but I mean, we're really talking about a crew of like roughly 10 people with like all the volunteers, I mean, besides the volunteers, but I mean, we're talking about a, a, a real small crew that runs a comic store and some of them, you know, also do other things like, you know, one of them is Rico Renzi, who is also a colorist, but he, he works for the store and he helps, you know, organize the convention. So we're talking about this huge convention that's just, you know, put on by a handful of people, honestly. And so it's, it's pretty amazing when you think of it like that. It is amazing what they can pull off. It's just a, a small number of people. But like you said, they've done it so many times now. They just they have it down. But are you very far from the convention area? Are you able to drive to it? Yeah, I, I live in Georgia now, and it, it takes me about like four and a half hours maybe to get there or so. Um, I used to actually live in Charlotte, but I just moved to Georgia about four years ago, which is where I'm originally from. Um, but yeah, I, I've done the show every year for the past, oh man, maybe seven years, eight years, maybe something like that. It's great that you can drive to that, uh, because, you know, being a creator yourself, you're going to bring all of your stuff with you and to have to like pack all that and get it onto a plane. I know for people that have to travel a distance, that can be a real challenge, but at least you can just kind of bring everything with you and then take back as much as you want too. that will fit in the car. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things that's kept me from doing shows too far from the Southeast is just that I don't want to have to deal with trying to carry it on a plane or shipping it somewhere first and everything. So, uh, unfortunately, that's why all my my conventions are kind of at this point have been limited to like Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, you know, Tennessee, Virginia, that kind of stuff. Yeah, all places I can get to relatively within half a day or less. You know, no, that makes sense. And I'm wondering what kind of feedback did you get from fans and new fans who came by your table to see what you had, including Amazing Age, your new comic? You know, it, it's it's been great, honestly. Like, uh, all the feedback for that book that I've, I've received from, from people at conventions or from people online, you know, or reading even reading reviews that, you know, I just happened to stumble across. Um, it, it's all been positive. Everybody has, has talked about how much fun the book is and how uh, – you know, just how much it reminds them of comics they read when they were younger, but also it's something new that their kids can get into and that kind of stuff. And and that makes us feel really good. When I was doing Heroes Con, and just this past weekend, I did um, uh, Soda City Comic Con in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, the response has been great at the shows. I mean, at Soda City, we sold more at this show than we have the whole time the book's been out. We sold quite a few. And, you know, we actually had people uh, who had already bought number one who were searching us out to get number two and and you know bringing their books they had bought at their local store to get them signed and everything already and we're like whoa you already had this <laughs> you know so it's it's been great I, i've loved the response it's been getting and it's made me feel really good well it is fun i mean that's the key word fun and you must share the same love that i have for silver age comics because it just evokes that feeling of that fun a little more innocent period of comics before we get into the details about the book and the creators, were there Silver Age or Bronze Age or even Copper Age books that filled the well of your inspiration that you drew from for this book? Oh, a absolutely. I mean, that that's where it comes from totally. You know, a love for comics that I've had ever since I was a kid. You know, I've I've always been surrounded by comics, honestly, because uh, my, my brother is 13 years older than me. And uh, so he was just kind of discovering comics when I was born. So they were always around. And when I was younger, I used to, you know, walk up to the convenience store with them every week. And, and he would buy me one comic every week. And I can still point out in my collection which ones I bought. You know, I remember 
I bought that book with him there and everything, you know, and um, uh, it, so it definitely comes from that. And it's I, I was a big fan of X-Men growing up. I mean, I started collecting X-Men probably around like um, 1985, 86, you know, around there. So like the, the very first issue I remember getting was the one uh, issue 201 where Storm and Cyclops are, are dueling for leadership of the team. And uh, so, you know, a big inspiration for for the book is stuff like X-Men. Um, Marvel team up, you know, uh, the you know Spider Man team up comic and um, Teen Titans, uh, New Warriors, definitely, you know that came out when I was, you know, a little older, like twelve, thirteen years old. But I loved that book, and that was that's you know probably one of the last few I read that was really, you know, uh, I, I guess you could say some books back then were all ages without dumbing it down to be all ages. And that's exactly what I wanted to do with this book. I wanted it to be, you know, okay for adults and kids, but not, you know, kind of like uh, too elementary, like the way some all ages books are these days. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And that's why I think it appealed to me so much, you know, cause I enjoyed reading it as an adult. I haven't even shared it yet with my kids, but I did enjoy it. And it didn't feel dumbed down at all. Um, you know, and what's really charming about it is that you drew from comics that you made as a kid, you know, your own little comics, your own characters that you came up with for the books. And you go into detail about that in the back of the first issue. Um, but I laughed because I did the same thing when I was a kid. I made my own comic book. I, it wasn't as serious as you because you really <laughs> – you actually made a series at one point. But, you know, I would take the comic books that I liked and would pluck out certain characters and – uh I made one, and we're talking like one page, like the protectors, okay, because you remember there were the Defenders and the Avengers. So I just randomly took characters I thought were cool looking, like the Red Raven and uh, the Iceman. It just like threw these people together that weren't a team. I even made uh, like a one-page Pep Boys comic book. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like you, I took loose-leaf paper and I drew on it, you know, and colored it with my crayons and stuff like that. So to see you do that, and actually you created a series, and now you've revisited those characters – and brought them to life through Alterna Comics. Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty surreal to finally see it, like, you know, on a published book sitting there on the shelves. These characters, that some of these characters I, I've had in my head since I was, you know, six years old. I'm 38 now, so these are characters that have been in my head for well over 30 years in some cases, you know. that I, And I, I genuinely have a love for these characters, and, and I, ha I know all their backstory. I, I've done... I did numerous books with these characters. I mean, that's how I spent, you know, my summers as a kid and like, you know, my weekends and everything. I was drawing these comics. And the thing is, like, not a lot of people read them. It was basically my brother always read them, you know, and my mom sometimes and that kind of stuff. But I, I did it mainly just for me because I wanted to tell stories with all these characters. And that's how it all came about, actually. I was, um, um, I was, I was about two years ago, I was sitting down with my kids and we were drawing and, and I broke out, um, they're called Matthew comics cards. I drew, uh, trading card sets of all my characters <laughs> on index cards. <laughs> and, uh, I broke these out and they're like the, I have two sets and they're from like 1990 and 91. And, uh, my kids were looking at them and laughing and they started drawing the characters too. And like putting their own twists on them and everything. And, and that's when I was like, man, I want to do a comic with these characters, but I wanted to maintain all the backstory I had with them. I didn't want to like necessarily retell all the origins and all the stories I had built in my head from 
from, you know, my youth and everything. So I want to try to, to do something fresh with them, but maintain all that history. And that's, that's when I got the idea for Amazing Age. And it, it just went from there. That is so cool. And you made cards too. Hey, maybe you've already done this. I don't know. But you should, like, have some cards made up, like, with your characters, like business cards, and have those out at the con. I've done that before, actually. Um, instead of business cards, I do have trading cards. I've, uh, I usually do like covers of my uh, comics, and I've done that for for books that I've I've had out previously, either books I've self published or through a publisher. And um, I don't have any currently now. I've done two sets of them. I did two sets of five, so I've done ten cards total with my uh, with my comic covers on it. And uh, I plan on doing um, some pretty soon that I'll probably have. Um, Maybe with conventions, I start doing tour in fall, and I, I'm going to do some of the the covers or characters from Amazing Age for that. Oh, that's excellent because I, I love the covers. The covers that really scream Silver Age and just fun and action. It's it's great. I love them. Oh yeah, the co- the cover to number four so far has been the best. And in fact, the uh, you know our publisher Alterna, um, he he's already uh, P- Peter Samedi is his name. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, Peter's already uh, mentioned that he wants to use the cover for number four. That's going to be the cover for the graphic novel collection later on too Ooh, okay graphic novel collection excellent do you think you're going to put that on newsprint as well um i don't think the graphic novel will be on newsprint i think it'll kind of be standard like uh there are other graphic novels um he kind of wants to maintain like a line of consistency through the graphic novels like they're all the same size they all have the same type of um, graphic design for the binding that kind of thing so i think actually the graphic novel will be on kind of like standard comic paper now but the the issues are going to are going to stay obviously uh newsprint Okay. All right. That's cool. Uh, you know, and I don't have to say how long is the series goes right there in bold at the top of the, the cover is, you know, one in a five issue limited series. And that's something that Peter does with all his books and his line is that he marks on the top if it's a limited series and how many issues. So you always know, you don't have to wonder, you know, how long is it going to be? And the price is boldly printed on the cover, proudly printed at just a dollar fifty, which is fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was a big selling point for us to do it because when we started this, um, you know, me, the artist Jeremy Massey, and the colorist uh, Christine Brunson, we we originally started this as just doing a web comic, and we wanted to eventually have it, you know, printed up or or whatever. We just didn't know how. We didn't know if we wanted to do it in issues or if we wanted to wait until the story was done with this part, you know, and do a graphic novel of, you know, essentially what we knew was going to be a five-issue series, you know, a way to start it. Jeremy and I both had stuff published through Alternative before, and uh, Peter Samedi reached out to people who had published with him before and to let him know about the newsprint line and give us kind of like a heads up as far as submitting stuff. We were like, oh, this is perfect because, you know, we were going for that that throwback feel, you know, and that nostalgic feel. And then to have it printed on newsprint, we're like, well, this is a no brainer. I mean, it's like it's like he, somehow he knew what we were doing, <laughs> you know, beforehand. and was like, hey, let's figure out a way to put it out like this. So we, we jumped at the chance because, you know, Jeremy and I both like we we're just talking about we're big comic fans from years back and and you know like like a, as crazy as it sounds but like a lot of older comic fans one of the first things we do is when we open a, a comic is we sniff it get that newsprint huff in there you know mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but yeah so that that was we were ecstatic to be part of that and we were so glad when when we sent him the pitch and he was like yeah let's definitely do it yeah it's funny because i got the first issue and i was reading it so i said to my wife uh, yeah i'm gonna be talking to matthew soon and she said oh that's a new comic? I'm like, yeah. She goes, oh, I thought it was an old one based on the price. I said, no, <laughs> no, this just came out. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's a, 
the way that we've been getting a lot of people to check it out. I mean, because that price, especially at the conventions, I, you know, we were basically we had the first two issues there and you can get both of them for three bucks, um, you know, which is less than you can get one issue from some of the, you know, the big name guys, you know, or whatever. Yeah, that was really enticing for them. And then they, they could get it signed by all three of us right then and there. And I actually, you know, when I'm at the conventions and stuff, I do like a special just because to make it easier so we're, we don't have to worry about, you know, carrying around rolls of quarters the whole weekend because <laughs> um, they are a dollar fifty each. I basically I, I printed up stickers. So if you want it for two dollars, I, I put it in a bag and a board with a sticker in there, too. Um, so I did that as kind of like, you know, a little a little helpful incentive uh, for us not to, to worry about so many quarters. But then also people, you know, like, oh, yeah, bag and board and sticker for an extra 50 cents. That's cool. That's really helpful to con, too, so you don't damage your books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, is it true issues one and two are sold out? Yeah, they, they sold out at the diamond level. Um, and uh, um, issue three, we just got word that issue three is already sold out. It doesn't come out until September 13th, but diamond's already sold out of it at that level, too. And it's going back for a second printing. And um, the way that you'll know it's a second printing is the Alterna Comics logo, instead of being red, will now be gold in the top. Is number two going to be second printing also? Um, I, I believe so. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't gotten official confirmation of that yet, but I, I think it will be because um, there's a lot of stores that have been contacting Alterna directly because they haven't been able to get any more from Diamond. So I think maybe um, Peter Smetty is going to uh, do reprints of, of all of them that have sold out so far. But I, you know, don't hold me to that. I think that's what's going to happen, though. Okay, because I could buy them digitally, but I really want the newsprint because <laughs> I do like the feel and smell of newsprint. He uh, he struck up a deal with um, a book uh, store distributor as well. So um, Books a Million and Barnes and Noble are starting to carry them, and they're about they're actually two months behind comic stores. So when number three is in comic stores, number two will be popping up in like books a million locations stuff like that i was checking barnes and noble to see if they had a copy and the one close to me didn't have any alternative books so i don't know what happened there unless they're all gone and so i asked my daughter she was just working at the mall and i said would you do me a favor would you just go and see if that barnes noble has alternative comics and amazing age and sure enough it was the only alternative book there amazing age there were two copies of number one. Oh, nice nice from what i know um so that means that that one that did have it at least that they got all of that first round, like basically the first the first four titles that came out that very first month they started doing the newsprint titles. When they went to bookstores, each store got the same amount of each title that they ordered. So, um, and I think it was kind of like they each got five or six copies. So that means that all the other titles had sold out and there was only those two left. That's good to hear. <laughs> That's well, you know, I think part of it too is they catch your eye and if you've never heard of it or you want to try it out, it's a dollar fifty, and that's how I. I'm like, oh well, you know, fine. If it's like three ninety nine, four ninety nine, I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I have a lot of books on my list, but for that, it's like I can squeeze one more in. You know, it's not a big deal. Oh yeah, that's that's. I mean, you can find that probably in the you know change in the floorboard of your car. You know. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned the artist, Jeremy Massey, and you guys worked together before. You worked on that uh, Bee Stings book that you self published originally. Did you also make, or was there a movie made about that? Yeah, there was. We um we self-published that in 2011, and then in 2013, Alterna picked it up, and it was actually part of a, a graphic novel where it was two stories that I wrote. The other one was called uh, The Curse of Stranglehold, and another artist, uh, Melanie Florencio, she drew that. And uh, it was like a flipbook-style graphic novel, and we called it Blood-Drenched Creature Double Feature. And um, 
just self-contained two different self-contained horror stories and it has has me as like a crypt keeper type host you know introducing the stories and um so we put that out in through alternate in 2013 and then in 2014 um two guys i know um anthony b harris and will grammar um they they have uh they're from my hometown and they have done um uh, a lot of short films and, and commercials and, um, you know, Will Grammer has actually worked for a few different television stations, um, producing and, and filming, um, stuff for them, either TV shows or commercials. And, uh, we talked about how we could do it as a movie relatively cheaply. And, uh, so we, uh, you know, Anthony and I pulled money together and then we went to Kickstarter for the rest of it. And, um, it was filmed as like a, uh, an independent horror film. Um, and it came out in 2014. And it was pretty much a straight adaptation of the comic, except we added more for it because the the story isn't wasn't long enough for a, a, a you know a feature length movie. So we we uh, fleshed out the characters a little bit more and added some extra scenes. Um, yeah, so we did that, and then a lot of people requested it, and we made a sequel that came out um, at the beginning of this year. Now Jeremy is on this book as artist because he wanted to do something different. This is all ages, so this is a little different for him. Yeah, so you, you have a great artist on the book. Oh yeah, Jeremy is great. I've known Jeremy now for um, eight, nine years maybe, and um, we became real good friends. We just met at doing conventions together, you know, because we were both at that time self-publishing our own stuff, you know, and and we became really good friends. He's one of my best friends. I mean, and, and um, you know, we collaborated together on on Beasting, and we we do shows a lot together and everything. And when I was talking with him about doing Amazing Age, like I, I was originally gonna just self-publish it myself, you know, write it and draw it, you know, I'm not, I'm not 100% confident in my art skills, but I was like, I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm going to draw it too. And, uh, the more I talked to him about it, he, you know, he was like, Oh, that sounds good. And then like out of the blue, like the next day when we were talking about it, the next day, um, I got a text from him and said, Hey, I'm going to hijack this book. I want to draw it. <laughs> and I said, are you sure? Cause I didn't want to ask him to do that. Cause it was a huge undertaking way more than what we had, we had previously done together, you know? And um, he said, oh, yeah, th this sounds great. And I want to do something, you know, that, that my kids can read, basically, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we went from there. And, and uh, you know, I love working with him. I mean, you know, he helps me out a lot. He he's helped kind of update and redesign some of the characters. And we bounce ideas off each other for the story and where it's going and everything. And and uh, so, sometimes we even a few pages here and there that we've added. We've kind of done it in the old Marvel style or basically like he'll go ahead and thumbnail out the page and then he'll send it to me and then I'll, I'll do the script based on that. Your color is Christine Brunson. Have you worked with her before? Uh, how long have you known her? Um, I've known her, let's see, probably about um, maybe three, four years. Um, actually I met her through um, Melanie Florencio, the uh, artist on the curse of stranglehold. Um, Melanie and Christine lived in the same hometown and they both went to the same comic store and they started working on, um, a web comic together called Undead Norm. It was like a, a zombie kind of uh, a humorous zombie kind of comic. And um, Melanie introduced me to Christine, and uh, Christine wrote and colored that that web comic. And they've actually print, self published a, a few issues of it. Um, and and I was real impressed with Christine's coloring. And so when I was working on another book that I self published called Simon Says, I got her to color um, two or three of the covers of that for me. And then I ended up doing like a pinup for an issue of Undead Norm, and we just kept in, in touch, you know. And and she became like, if I if I needed something colored, you know, I, she became my go-to person because 
I mean, her colors are very professional, and she she does it quickly, fast turnaround. And so when we talked about um, doing uh, Amazing Age, we wanted to do it in color because everything else Jeremy and I had done was mostly in black and white. Um, we I was like, well, I, I definitely want to ask Christine. And Jeremy was familiar with the the covers that she colored. He was like, yeah, she's really good. And and uh, so she jumped right on board with us too. And and you know she's been getting a lot of exposure in South Carolina and stuff because you know she's you know a published, you know, female colorist and they're, you know, are, are loving that they have a, a local girl who's, you know, featured monthly in a national publication and everything. So, um, we, we've just, all three of us have really enjoyed doing this. And it shows. And I haven't read issue two yet. I have to have to find one. It might be a second printing or I might have to go back to Barnes and Noble to find it, but this comes out bi-monthly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then the next issue comes out September 13th and then four and five will be out in November and January. Now tell me a bit about some of the villains that our heroes are fighting. They've actually entered into the comic world in this book. And there's two groups. One, the Chosen, and then coming up in issue three, the Stilted Seven. Yeah, yeah. They um you'll see um little hints and and appearances by different villains throughout the series and everything. And then we're we're hoping we get a second series out of this and and because we have a major idea for a a second series and you'll you'll introduce you'll meet more uh, you know heroes of villains that were introduced but but yeah they they um they come across the there's a main villain named the g and uh he's like a super powerful villain and and he he basically assembles um you know all of the leaders of different villain factions and creates a group called the chosen and it's basically that's what it is it's it's say like if if you had a team that was composed of like you know Doctor Doom and Magneto and and Kang and you know um, Ultron and whoever it's it's the main villains from each separate area you know and they these villains are trying to form an an alliance albeit uneasy you know because they they don't like the, each other at all they're trying to form an alliance so that way they can be more powerful to take out the heroes completely. See, I'm going to have to buy this digitally and buy it in print now because I don't think I'm going to be able to wait until I find <laughs> issue two. <laughs> I was itching to do it last night. I was like, should I? Should I? Uh, now you've convinced me I'm going to have to read it as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. And well, and then the group, the Stilted Seven, they are kind of like, they're the underdog group. They're They are like, they're just a bunch of criminals, you know, petty thieves and everything. And uh, they're kind of like the other villains kind of look at them and kind of shrug them off and laugh because they're 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 like the rejects, essentially, you know, and everything. And, um, you know, no, not not to give too much away or anything to people who haven't read it yet or, or obviously they haven't read number three yet. But their leader is his name is Anti-Jumper and he's an evil clone of the hero Jumper. And so he's assembled all this ragtag you know, team of villains and everything. And, um, you know, like I was saying before about unapologetically superhero that Jeremy and I are looking at it that way. So, you know, no, no hero or villain costume or power is too ridiculous because this is as crazy as your imagination can make it, you know? And so you'll see some bizarre names and and costumes and powers in these issues. and, And it's all part of the fun, you know? Excellent. Great. Now, I just have some questions for you that I ask all my guests, just fun stuff so that everyone gets to know you better as a creator. What do you like to do for rest and relaxation when you're kicking back? Um, well, I have two kids. They're, uh, they're 16 and 12, and so I spend a lot of time just hanging out with them, you know, whether it's, you know, 
if they want to play video games, me sitting and watching them play or, or trying to play with them, I'm not that good. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we watch movies, you know, we'll, you know, go different places, go to the movies or go to the park or whatever. So first and foremost, hanging out with my kids is mostly what I do. But, you know, I, I'm I'm a real big movie fan. So, you know, watching movies, of course, you know, reading, of course, um, you know, just, just you know, I, I'm pretty I don't know. Maybe I'm 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 pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I you know, I do all the the normal dad stuff and everything and and you know, I just I like to hang out with family and friends and so that that's that's pretty much what I do. If you were stuck on a deserted island and you only had one book with you, what would that book be? Oh man. <clears throat> that's a uh, that's a tough one. Honestly, if I if I was if I was going to choose a I'm going to give two different answers for this, basically, because if I was going to choose a comic, um, I would probably take um, Red Rocket 7 by Mike Aldred. That's one of my all-time favorite comics because um, it it just uh, – it incorporates everything that I love, music and, you know, kind of retro stuff and, you know, kind of a sci-fi action superhero adventure. And that, that's been one of my favorite comics since I first read it, you know, when I was 18, 19 years old. So if I was going to take a comic, it would be that. If I was going to take just a, a regular book, I would probably take uh, Stephen King's 112263. Um, I, I've read that book three times now, you know, and it's, it's you know, knocking out a thousand pages. Um, I really love it. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm real big on, obviously, nostalgic and throwback kind of stuff. So set back in that period, it's. To me, it's a lot of fun, you know, even though the context of it maybe isn't so fun in that book. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I'm a bit I've always been a big Kennedy assassination buff. Um, so that that book just really spoke to me in a lot of ways. You know, it it was an emotional book and a lot of fun at the same time. And that's why I've gone back and reread it, because I just I, I don't get tired of it at all. So either one of those, if I could sneak one of those, I would take both of them. That's a show I'd want to see, too. I don't have the streaming service that it's shown on, but there was a, a film, a series adaptation of that book. Yeah, you know, I, I tried to watch it. I was a little disappointed in it. Um, it wasn't that it was it was bad, like bad acting or anything, but they, they just changed so much that it to me it didn't make – the changes didn't make sense. And and. And it was it wasn't even like they changed it for the sake of the show and explained why they changed it. It just it felt very different to me. And I, I couldn't get into it. I, you know, maybe that that's one of those curses of sometimes reading the book before you see the movie. You know, no, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I respect that because, yeah, if I've if I know something very well and then I see it adapted, I may have a hard time getting into it. Although if I go into something with no knowledge at all, no previous knowledge, I have nothing to compare it to. So that's you know right out. Not a criticism, you know, I just kind of put that aside. Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying before about beasting. That's one of the reasons that I knew working with uh, Anthony and Will would work out so well, because when we adapted the the graphic novel to a movie, um, you know, Will had a copy of the comic on set and he was setting up shots exactly like the panels. Mm. He, he, he was using the comic as his storyboard and he, he did not want to deviate. You know, there was a few times I said – well, we can change it if you want to do it like this so it's easier to film. He was like, no. He said, I don't want to change it. He said, I want this to be as straight as an adaptation as possible, you know? That's great. And, and you know, because, like, not a lot of people probably know about it. So it's not like, uh, you know, you're filming Batman's origin or Spider-Man's origin and you're, you're going panel by panel and people go, oh, I've seen this before so many times. You don't have that problem. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, Mike Allred's a great choice because 
I love his work. And it's one of those things where when I see his book solicited, I just follow the creator. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you know you're going to get something quality regardless of what it is. You know, I mean, he could be, you know, doing a new NFL Super Pro comic from, from Marvel, and it would be great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely doesn't matter. Uh, but, yeah, I love him. I, I've got to meet him at conventions a few times, you know, when I was much younger. And, and he was a really nice guy, you know, and, and chatted with me for a few minutes. And um, he, he's definitely, like, one of my, you know – idols in the industry i guess you can say and if i ever lucked out and had like just a, a pinup or a cover done by him i would probably like i could die a happy man you know <laughs> now do you have a beverage of choice when you're relaxing um well i i pretty much you know 95 percent of the time i'm just drinking water honestly <laughs> but if i if i want to treat myself you know um I'm always a sucker for a good lemonade. <laughs> I told you I'm very much a boring dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, kids take a lot of energy, so you have to be on your toes. Oh, they do. They do, definitely. <laughs> now, a couple of the things I want to ask you just on the side. I saw on your Facebook page, and I love this. You had posted a couple of years ago the Marvel Holiday Grab Bag giant size comic from 1975. And I've done that myself on around Christmas as I posted that comic book. I have two copies of it. I like it so much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I have a bunch of those. I actually ordered one of those through the mail when I read it in a comic book. And this is when I was young and naive. I'm like, oh, I'll just cut out this coupon, snip, snip, snip. Yeah. Get my giant-sized uh, Avengers uh, Marvel Treasury Edition. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And they're cool, though, because it's almost the size of the original art. You know, it's much bigger. I love those. I have I have a handful of them, and anytime I see them, you know, decently priced at a convention, I'm gonna snatch them up. You know, oh, and yeah. uh, you know, Jeremy and I, when we talked about Amazing Age. We were, we were we talked about how we would we would love to put out Amazing Ages either a digest size or a treasury size. Ooh. You know, to kind of throw back to that. You know, and you know, we're maybe maybe one day or something like that, we can have our own Amazing Age treasury sitting next to you know the you know the the Marvel and the Conan and Fantastic Four ones I have and stuff like that. That would be really cool. But yeah, I I, I love finding those and and just uh, I did a convention um, in North Georgia uh, two two months ago and uh, it's not a treasury size but I had found something I'd never seen before and it was a uh, uh, graphic novel collection that came out in like seventy seven or seventy eight and it was a handful of stories from the Spider the Spidey Super Stories the Electric Company comic yeah that, yeah. It was like a graphic – it was like the best of, and it was, you know, like a 200-page graphic novel of just some random stories from that, that series. And I, I I was ecstatic. I was like, man, that this is the best thing I've ever found at a convention. <laughs> I love discovering new stuff at a convention. Oh, totally, totally. And speaking of conventions, where will you be next? Uh, let's see. Well, actually, my next um, show is not really a convention. I'm just doing a, a signing uh, here locally in Georgia at a – it's at, it's a place called Reboot. It's like um, an arcade bar. You know, a lot of a lot of those are popping up now in cities and stuff. And and I'm I'm doing a signing there one night, um, September 16th. My next one is uh, November 4th. It's a creepy geek con in Helen, Georgia. And it's mostly a horror convention, so I'll be pushing you know beasting of course there. Mm -hmm. But anytime I do a show, I take all my stuff. And sometimes I'm I'm surprised at how much you know superhero stuff I sell at a at a horror show. You know. <laughs> Well, let people know how they can follow you because on your Facebook page, you do list all of your convention plans for just about yeah. a year. 
Yeah, I keep it as like my cover photo. So that way, if anybody clicks on my page, they can easily see what I'm doing. And I, I it's just a list of, you know, every every show I'm doing for the year, you know. Um, but yeah, you can look me up on Facebook, on Twitter and on Instagram. And it's the same name on all three of them. It's um, just, uh, you know, put in MD, like my initials, Matthew David, MD Smith Comics, all one word. And that's how you can find me on all those. And, you know, I, I post stuff all the time and, you know, you'll see me posting stuff about uh, comics and horror and Halloween and cereal and kids and candy. <laughs> <laughs> and to send you feedback about the book, there is an address in the issue. Yeah, we have an email set up for Amazing Age. It's just amazingagecomic at gmail.com. Um, and there, we also have, if you look up that same name up on Twitter and, and Facebook, we have pages for those as well. And you can send messages, messages there. And uh, we are doing letters pages um, in the backs of, uh, issue three and on. So yeah, if, if people want to send us something good, you know, um, or even, you know, criticism, you know, send us a, a message and, and it might be printed, you know, in the book. That's perfect. Cause I mean, a book like this, that, you know, scream silver age fun, you gotta have a letters page. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was pretty cool. Like doing, typing up the letters page for the, uh, you know, issue three, that was the first one we, that we had enough letters for and everything. And to do it because we didn't we didn't quite have have it all in time when we had to send number two to the printer because number two, we had to send that off to the printer pretty soon after number one came out, you know. So. um, So, yeah, we've been compiling all these and we have we've gotten several messages and everything. And it's it's good to read. And, you know, a lot of the messages that we we get are people that are telling us like, oh, I used to do this with my comics, you know, and and they start telling me about characters and everything. And. And it's cool. And then they end up talking about how, like, they've shared it with their kids and their kids are really into it and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's fun just reading them. That's great. You've really tapped into something there and you, you've hit upon it. You know, it's fun, but it doesn't talk down to adults and they can share it with their kids. It's all ages and we need more of that. And it's extremely affordable at $1.50 and it's on newsprint, which is just fantastic. Limited series, five issues. Next issue is coming out in September, issue three. There will be second printings, we hope. And look for those. Look for the gold logo on there, Alterna Comics. And uh, I wish you all the best of luck, Matt. This is a great book, and I wish you all the success. No, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on the show and talking about it. And, and thanks for all the support, you know, and, and uh, I hope everybody else is uh, reading it and digging it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for being on Creator Talks. Oh, thanks again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Creator Talks. The podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and YouTube. If you like what you hear, please rate and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't miss a single episode each Thursday. Subscribe, it's free. A new interview will be available each week, and sometimes there'll be a second, maybe even a third interview that week. You can send me feedback and comment on social media. I can be reached at Creator Talks Pod, that's at Creator Talks Pod on Facebook and Twitter. I'm also available on Instagram, Creator Talks Pod. There I will post pictures while I'm on location, as well as my Saturday Silver Age or Older and Sunday Bronze Age Spotlight comics from my personal collection. Don't forget to visit my website, creatortalks.com. There I have listed the latest episode on the homepage, plus a playlist of all the episodes to date that you can listen to online or download. In addition, on the site, I'll be posting my recommended reading picks as well as written interviews with creators. Also on my YouTube channel are video interviews with creators on location at comic conventions and elsewhere. 
I know you have a lot of entertainment to choose from and a lot of podcasts to choose from as well. And I thank you for making the time to listen to this one, your best source for comic book writers, artists, and creators. There are more interviews in the works, and you never know who it might be. It is my distinct honor and privilege to speak to these creators and bring you those interviews each week. I'd like to thank my executive co-producer, who makes this possible, Mrs. Calloway. That's all for now. For Creator Talks, I'm Christopher Calloway. Until next time.